twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll tell you about some new high-power portable handheld radios from Ocean and Midland for 2019. We'll discuss the comparisons between radio wattage and performance, how much more power these new handhelds have, and debate whether this is the beginning of a new trend towards higher-powered radios or not. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at TwoWayRadioForum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. Portable handheld two-way radios, or walkie-talkies, are low-power devices designed for use within a limited range. These radios typically have much lower wattage than a mobile radio or base station, and it's not uncommon for users of two-way radios to want more of it. Recently, two manufacturers introduced new portable handheld radios to the market with higher wattage than typically expected from their product lines. Two of these models are from Ocean and two from Midland. Yeah, it's um, interesting that the last four new radios that we've added to our website have been in this category of, I guess, higher than normal power. Um, Midland, uh, really with their radio, the, the T290 and T295, uh, these are the first GMRS-only radios that we've seen since um, the FCC made their changes. Mm-hmm. Um sort of, uh, I guess, raising the power on FRS. And you know, we've talked about that at length. But um, of the general walkie-talkie type manufacturers, um, I was kind of expecting FRS only from here out. But here, yeah. here Midland is with uh, two radios that they're calling GMRS two-way radios. We checked the FCC's database and they're listed at uh, just a hair under three watts. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice. definitely higher powered than than what we've been accustomed to uh, from Midland and from a lot of the other manufacturers of of these radios, FRS or GMRS radios. So um, uh, we're going to get into this in just a moment. Um, before we do, I, I'd like to um, touch a little bit on the fact that handheld radios have typically been low power, uh, not just FRS, but GMRS. And um, th- there are higher wattage radios. Uh, well, there are higher wattage radios for business use, mm-hmm. I should say, that are handhelds, but they're not as popular with a lot of the on-site businesses as the lower power models, such as uh, those from Motorola and and Kenwood. Yeah, some um, of our most popular business radios are Two watts or less. Yeah. Like the Motorola CLS series, the uh, RM series. Mm-hmm. 
These are extremely popular radios. Two watts is not bad for a radio at all. You get no. fairly good range at two watts. Now, there certainly are higher powered radios on the business side, but it seems like the most popular ones are the ones that are one to two watts. For a lot of the small on-site businesses, you would think is as much clamoring as there is in, in the market for high powered radios or more power, as I should say. A lot of these businesses really do flock towards those lower-powered radios. Most applications can get away with 2 watts or less, from what Mm -hmm. I've seen. Typically, you'll see somebody go to – so there's advantages to going to a 5-watt, 4- or 5-watt radio. Mm -hmm. If you're using a repeater inside of a building, you're going to need more than likely a a 4- or 5-watt radio. These other radios, these 3230s and – the uh, CLSs, they're not repeater capable and things like that. The RM series, not repeater capable. So, um, there's also uh, different legal reasons. Right. Um, like the FCC has certain, uh, a pool of frequencies. I believe they're, uh, there's a certain frequency class, maybe the uh, B or C that, um, you can use at two watts or less. Um, and they're easier to license and they're sort of reserved for this, these types of radios. And you see these radios built in with, um, usually what, 89 usually, frequencies yeah, frequency, that yeah. are from this pool. Um, still a license is required. So it, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how it makes it that much easier to use the radios, but it is a different class as far as the FCC is concerned. Mm-hmm. But as far as a lot of the on-site businesses are concerned, they, they really don't need that much power in most cases if they're just one one small location. Right. Yeah. I mean, a, there's a major retail store out there that, that's been using 2-watt MERS radios for years. And those yeah. work – have always worked really well for them. They, you know, they cover their stores and they, they – bypass the licensing and things like that but they you know two watts is 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 enough for for that application you know it's like the old you know amateurs especially are taught to um not use if their radio is capable of 50 watts but they can hit the repeater or communicate on 10 watts they need to really knock it down to that 10 watts and use use it at that um you know typically i mean you're like I said, most applications are going to get away with two watts just fine. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought with the FCC's rule changes for GMRS and FRS, now that FRS is license-free um, as long as it's under two watts, I kind of thought you'd see the Midlands and the uh, Motorola, Cobra unit, and the guys that are, are mass-producing these um what used to be dual service FRS GMRS radios, I thought you'd see them go FRS exclusive because two watts, um, two watts is fine for most applications. Right. Well, it's not as if they haven't because they have put out some, like Cobras put out some models in particular that were low power that were aimed really more for the business market than the consumer market and pretty much for everybody really. But, but with businesses or small onsite businesses in mind, um, and I thought that was going to be more of a, a greater trend towards that sort of thing. And we may see that yet, but right now, um, it's interesting that we're seeing more GMRS radios uh, well, you're at, seeing, at higher power. Uh, it's um, interesting of you to mention that. That uh, I think that I think that with Cobra producing those business marketed FRS radios, 
that's um, sort of validates what we're saying that two watts is is plenty it's in most cases. Yeah. You didn't see FRS radios marketed to businesses when they were limited to half watt, mm-hmm. but at two watts, you know, you're going to see them marketed toward for many uses since there's no license requirement. Well, there's one one more interesting point to this. Um, you know, a lot of people think when they're looking at the personal radios or the consumer-grade radios, the FRS radios, GMRS radios, the bubble pack radios, if you will, and they see the 28-mile uh, range, 40-mile range, 50-mile range, et cetera, et cetera, they would think naturally that these radios are going to be somewhat high-powered. But it's interesting to find that when you go to the FCC's website and you can look up the uh, FCC ID for the for any of these radios on their website in their database, that it turns out that most of these radios are a lot uh, lower powered than you'd think. Yeah, you might assume that that FRS radio is two watts because that's mm-hmm. what the F- what FRS allows for, but it's probably less than a watt based on you know what we we look at most of the time. Well, you know, at the outset, you would think, well. This is being disingenuous because I thought maybe it was a five watt radio or a four watt handheld radio, and it's not. It's like it's under it's like one point eight watts or something like that. But then on the other the the flip side, it really tells you just how much range is not as reliant on power or wattage as it is on the rest of the build of the radio, the antenna and and other components of the radio um, is is what really drives the the range more than just the wattage right wattage is a big big factor but there are other things to consider absolutely Mm -hmm. Um, but since two watts is plenty for most applications it sort of makes you wonder why we're seeing this trend if it is a trend of of higher powered radios that that are uh, coming out is this just sort of Somebody looking for a marketing edge to be able to say, oh, there's more power by my product over this product. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So I was I was in a meeting last year, um, and I, I brought up the range claim um, scenario. And, um, you know, they said that – I said, well, why do, why do we do this? And, and said, well, if we don't do it, you know, we're not getting any trouble for doing this. We're allowed to do this. If we don't do it, if we put – Big print, you know, two miles or less. <laughs> that guy that's putting forty-five miles on there is going to to win out every time. We will never sell another radio again. So I think it's kind of the same deal with um, with these, these, like, these, these manufacturers are going. Uh, yeah, oh, let me advertise yeah. this thing as a seven watts, or let me advertise it. I mean, really, if one of these guys wanted to, they could put oh, one hundred twenty miles. Yeah, you know yeah. what's 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 stopping them from putting any kind of crazy range claims on there? And we've seen that with some of the Chinese radios where they've claimed eight and nine watts, and yeah, and they turn out not to be. And the then case. we throw them on the we throw them on the watt meter, and it's like, well, you just you know pay double for the same radio we sell that's the same power because it says eight or nine watts on it. So it's really more of a marketing ploy. Yeah, than anything it's, else. it's it's kind of deceiving. You know, we ordered, I'm going to call out a brand here. We ordered uh, 50 Baofeng 8-watt versions of their UV5R a couple of years ago when they first started producing the 8-watt version. We ordered 50 of them. He's doing air quotes, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we ordered 50 of these things and uh, got them in, put them on a meter, and they were the same power as a regular UV5R. Just marketed as, as 8 watts. Right. And, I mean, we ended up selling them as regular UV5Rs because we couldn't (laughs) tell any difference. We just paid more for the same thing. So let's take a look at these new radios. First off, we have the Ushans. We have two new Ushan radios, and these pretty much replace two existing models, right? And by replace, they are... The same radio from everything I can tell. This this KGUV seven D is the new model replaces the KGUV six D. The difference is the seven D has seven watts on VHF, whereas the six D was a five watt radio on VHF. And this is the same case really with the new KGUV nine P. It replaces the uh, KGUV nine D plus. Right, and uh, it has everything that that the ninety plus had. It, it's really the same radio. They just they just jacked up the power a little bit. Same thing. Uh, apparently, five watts on UHF and seven watts on VHF. Now, when we uh, when we say that's that it's five watts and seven watts respectively, um, we're we're pretty much rounding that up or down a little bit. You just put one. You just put a nine P on. Um, our equipment here and yeah, test it out right what, before we started recording. Because I said, "Well, it, it came up that you know I, I remember these these bale fangs that mm-hmm. that were eight watts, and sure enough, they weren't." So I said, "Before we we start getting blasted for promoting <laughs> a seven watt radio." So surprisingly, I, I ran in there, put it on the watt meter, and and on the VHF side, it was just a hair over seven watts. Hmm. Now, over seven watts. on the UHF side, it was a little bit lower, which is typical. That's mm-hmm. typical even with very seldom do you put a radio that advertises five watts on a – I don't care if it's Motorola, Kenwa, any of them. It's going to be a little less than, than that five watts. You get some variation right. too. They have uh, like a center frequency. Like you may see that at 450, it's exactly what the, the specs shows. Right. But it, 430 and 470, it'll be lower. Right. I, I can understand that because they want to make sure it stays within that tolerance. Right. You know, sure. But I was I was shocked to see that it was, and that was that was keying up at uh, 147.0. Now, I didn't go to the other end of the spectrum and look at that or go center, but I wanted something quick. But I was shocked to see. You said it seven was watts. four and a half on four forty, and just over seven on right. So, and then that, when that variance comes in, it was uh, I think right at uh, at the four thirty mark. It was right at a little a little over four. At four forty, it was at definitely at the uh, the four and a half. So they are definitely higher powered radios than than the previous models. The previous models, you know, they were advertised as five watt radios, but it was really five watts on VHF and four watts on UHF. So this is still this is still more power on on both right on both bands, and I think most people are going to use the two meter side anyway. I mean, I think yeah. it's a uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know there there's a lot more two meter repeaters out there anymore than there are four forty. So that's true. That's true. Um, now the nine P, there is a, another difference between it and the nine D, and that, that is the battery that they included with the radio. 
The 9P yeah. has a 3200 milliamp battery. Uh, that's compared to, uh, what was the 9D, Rick? Do you remember? I think it was, uh, for the 9D, I think it was, uh, I don't remember right offhand. Might have been uh, 2200, 2200 2800, 2300, yeah. something like that. It, yeah, it's, it's a significant jump in battery power mm-hmm. for this 9P. 3200 is, I mean, if you think about it, that... That 3,800 milliamp battery we saw the add-on to the Beofang, and that thing lasts forever. So right, it does. This 3,200's uh, it's a great battery. Great battery. Oh, it's a great value, too, because we have a really good price on that battery. We've even done some uh, buy one, get one free, some BOGO offers on that battery in the past, and, and those things really fly. People people see that as a really good value. Yeah, so I, I thought it was a no-brainer to bring in the uh, KGUV7D and the KGUV9P to replace mm-hmm. the older models. You may see some dealers still selling the old version. I believe that Ocean will still produce those models if a dealer asks for the, the older ones. But uh, at buy2waybradios.com, we're going exclusively with the 7D and 9P from here out. I couldn't think of any reason not to. You, the, both of these radios support medium or low power mode mm-hmm. as well. So even if you don't want to use the higher power, the radio gives you the option to, to dial it back. That 9P is a stout little radio. It feels good. Yeah, it is. It feels, uh, it's nice. It's got a little bit more weight to it than the than the 9D. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, because of the, the battery. battery. Especially the battery, yeah. But it's got a, a good feel to it. It feels like a real radio. It, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it, it is. I, I have a uh, an 8E, which is very similar in many respects to it and as far as the build quality is concerned. And I really like that radio. It is a solid uh, radio, and um, I think it I think it can take a drop or two and, and not phase it. Yeah, Ocean is, is very proud of their products as well. Uh, they point out to us that their radios um, have a – they talk about how their circuit design mm-hmm. is superior um, to a lot of their competitors. You, you see radios like the Baofengs and even uh, some TYT models now, I believe, that are basically a radio on a chip. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Ocean refers to it as their, their classic circuit. <laughs> but uh, they do make great products. They sound great. They're real radios. The, these aren't everything on a chip type product. Well, the box says it all. It's innovative quality and rich communication. There you go. That's the Wushin way. There you go. <laughs> you know, also, once again, these are essentially the same radios as their predecessors. So what that means is that all of the um, accessories that were designed for their predecessors will work just fine on these. So if you have a uh, a 60 or, you know, and, and you want to go up to a 70, uh, you can do that and all your accessories will work just fine, including the battery. In fact, I think it still uses the same exact battery. Um, the battery's the same on the 70 as the 60. Right. So it uses all the same accessories. The same is true for the 9P. It uses all the same accessories. Now, it does have that 32 milliamp battery, but it, the other batteries will still fit it as well. And in fact, that 3200 milliamp battery will also work in the, in the uh, 9D plus. Right. The, uh, the KGUV7D is priced at $109.99 by two-way radios, and the KGUV9P is $139.99. Um, 
Another thing I guess we should point out is the type acceptance. Uh, the KGUV9P is uh, not part 90 type accepted, so it is a exclusively a amateur radio. Which was the case of, of its predecessor. Yeah, it's the same as the, the 90. The KGUV7D is part 90 type accepted, so it can be used for um, commercial, mm-hmm. um, but it also supports ham frequencies. So um, you can use it for ham or commercial. All right. Those are the two new oceans that are higher powered radios. Let's take a look now at Midland. Midland came out with with a GMRS radio, or actually two models, uh, basically the same radio. But these are also higher powered radios. Let's let's take a look at those. Yeah, the the T290 and the T295. Uh, are the models. The only difference between the two models is the color. The, the T290 is going to be the standard model. The T295 is a camouflage colored version of the T290. Now, these are value packs. Um, like a lot of Midland radios, they, they come with a charger, uh, headsets, um, the, the works, basically. Mm-hmm. The the T290 and the T295 include, um, it's a value pack, includes a dual charger, uh, belt clips, um, a an over-the-ear type uh, earbud, earpiece. C- C-ring style. Doesn't come with a car adapter? It does not come with a car adapter. Okay. Um, when I saw these uh, were now available. Man, I was excited. I thought and this is part of the X Talker line, and um, the GXT one thousand VP four has been one of our most popular FRS GMRS. Well, I guess now GMRS only radios for years and years and years. The GXT one thousand has been around forever, and um, the X Talker line is kind of Midland's newer line of radios. Mm-hmm. X Talker line has traditionally had features like USB charging, sort of a sleeker look to the radios. And I thought when I saw this announcement come out from Midland, oh, they they've made a GXT one thousand for the X Talker line. And I thought that because it's advertised as a GMRS two way radio. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is a high power model. Price is a little higher than a GXT one thousand. Man, we got to get this in here. This is going to be a good, good topic. So we did, we did, and and <laughs> I'm I'm a little disappointed. You uh, know, to be uh, honest, yeah, I am too. But I'm going to res- I'm going to reserve my comments for this uh, until after we go through the the specs on these. Let's let's, um, Anthony, you're looking right at the specs here. What do we have? What do you want to know? You didn't know there was going to be a test, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean it's got the it's got the one thing midland does is they always you know typical gmrs frs radios are 22 channels across the board they always throw in their little 14 additional channels yeah you know that's just a a redo of the uh the gmrs channels on there and and, and adding a privacy code um but it, it does support the privacy code, so it's going to be they're going to be compatible with just about everything else out there. Um, they they've got your call tones, 
um, channel scan monitor, the Vox, um, power level settings for low, medium, or high. Um, basically, it does the same thing as a you know a GXT one thousand. Mm-hmm. Pretty much uh, all the same features. In fact, I think it's reminiscent uh, of the T seventy seven, T seventy five, T seventy seven radios. Um, it really has all pretty much all the same features um, as the T seventy seven for the most part. I like the body of it. I, I, I yeah. like what they did with the. Uh, it's with a the- nice looking radio for sure. It's a little smaller than the GXT one thousand, right. which mm-hmm. I like. The GXT one thousand is sort of a bulky radio. Yeah, it is. I think they really need to, um, maybe uh, update that body a little bit, bring it up to uh, to what we expect from today's radios. But right. it's still a good classic radio. What's missing for me is the USB charging. Every other X-Talker radio above the very basic ones have a USB charging option, not the T290s. You know, I don't think as many people like USB as you think. You think so? Well, give it to me as an option. I, I like to be able to use the same like uh, I'm used to plugging my cell phone in in a certain way. Right. Well, do, do it both ways. Do uh, include right. a drop-in charger. Absolutely. Because people just... like to have a drop-in charger. Mm-hmm. I think I think if you throw it, I'll meet you in the middle. If you can give it, you know, let it charge both ways. Great. I'm not a fan of just USB only charging. Well, okay. So the other radios in the X Talker line include a dual pocket desktop charger and support USB charging. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you. You're going to bring out a brand new radio that's going to be the highest end product in this line, and you're going to leave off that feature. I see a lot of merit to having USB on these radios, especially when you're taking them out in the field or going mobile, where you you, you can't always just carry around your pocket charger. That's one of the things about the GXT 1050. We we carry those around with us when we go on on trips. And and we often carry them for emergency reasons, but sometimes we use them when we're on a trip. Um, And one thing I really, really, that really bugs me about those radios is I have to carry around the the pocket charger. It's bulky, and and we put it in our bag and stuff, and it's just one more thing that I have to carry around and we have to set up to to charge these radios. Whereas if if it was just USB, I could just do the same thing that I do with these, that I do with my cell phone, just plug into the wall and charge them up. But I'm really curious, Anthony, why why you think that USB is not – I mean, you mentioned that – you didn't think that USB was quite as popular. More people People ask curious. More people will call – Motorola did away completely with drop-in chargers. Yeah, they did. On they're all and people. Some reason people just don't like them. They, really? they want something that has a drop-in charger compatible. Hmm. No, it's it's interesting. I'll, I'll start know, asking people why what that. their what their thought process on that is. But yeah, um, I, I like the best of both worlds. Give me USB charging on the radio and include a desktop charger. I mean. Why not? I'm I'm used to when I travel, I will always have a micro USB cord with me anyway because I've got Bluetooth earbuds so that I. use the same thing. I've got so other devices I. that that use that type of of connector. So if I could just plug my radio into that, I wouldn't have to carry the bulky 
desktop charger if I didn't want to. Yeah, that's why it surprised me a little bit when you mentioned that. Anything about, and I don't doubt it. I don't yeah, doubt that it's true. Do ask. But, I'm, I'm going to start taking it finding out why, though. I don't know if it's maybe that's what they're used to, mm-hmm. that they're used to, um, you know, on the older talkabouts, you know, having a drop-in charger. Force a habit. And force a habit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Hmm. That'd be interesting. You know, maybe we can do a t- poll on this, a Twitter poll or something. Find out. Uh, in fact, we could poll uh, our listeners right now. What do you think? Do you prefer uh, a radio with or without USB? Let us know, and um, we'll we'll read your comment. We read your comment here on the show. Uh, we'll send you a two-way radio show T-shirt. How about that? So um, always always enjoy the polls. The polls are always uh, fun. Um, well, as far as the radios themselves are concerned, uh, we're looking at. A dedicated GMRS radio. So really the first ones in years from Midland that, and, and I'm not counting the micro mobiles. Those are dedicated uh, GMRS. Right. But these are the dedicated handheld, I should say, GMRS radios. Well, it's the only dedicated GMRS radio since the rules have changed. Mm-hmm. And these actually, I, I looked them up and these are just under three watts are actually, I think at 2.8 uh, watts or something like that. I, I looked them up. Um, and I didn't bring the sheet in here with me, but it's it's a little under three watts, so it's fairly close. So if you're looking at the Midland line of radios and uh, the X Talker in particular, and you want to move up to the T90, which you would think is moving up because it's a more powerful radio and a slightly higher price, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give up certain things to go with this radio. You get the more powerful radio, but you lose the USB charging and you also lose the option to use dual power. Yes. Um, this yes. radio, they have removed the ability to just put double A batteries in it. Um, in fact, it takes its own little battery pack. Now it, uh, you would think that it would uh, work with a, um, a bat five R, but it's really a bat five R X. Yeah, they've changed. It looks like it's the same battery, but they've changed the shell slightly. And um, since the radio is is uh, shorter than a Jix T1000, the Jix T1000 would take four AA batteries, and you could uh, one battery pushed up high, and then there were three batteries right. below that. This radio is not tall enough for that same setup, so I believe that's probably why they had to um, just abandon the dual power uh, altogether. Uh, having said that, it does accept all of the other accessory, the audio accessories that most of the others in the. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the same audio. Take, it's the know, same so audio connector as all the other Midlands that they've ever made. So you know, there's no issue there, and this does come with better uh, earpieces than the yes. GXT1000. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like this style. Um, much better than, than the boom mic style that comes with the GX T1000. Um, but they also remove the car charger mm-hmm. from, from the pack. So it's not exactly as, as nice of a value pack as what the GX T1000. So we have the T290 and the T295. And the T295 is the camo version. Same radio, just just uh, camo. And it's using uh, uh, a mossy oak. What is it called? It's called uh, Country. Breakup Country. Breakup Country from mossy oak. So um, the T290 
we have it at Buy Two Way Radios for eighty nine ninety nine, and the T two ninety five is ninety nine ninety nine. So just about a hundred dollars um, for two packs on each of these. Um, now we've pretty much gone through the specs. Um, I have a, a a couple of comments on the GMRS in here. I love Midland products. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I am a huge proponent of Midland. I love their products. I have a lot of them. Uh, I've used their GMRS radios. I've used, uh, I have a number of their weather radios. In fact, my wife is purchasing one uh, as a gift for, for her boss uh, as a weather radio. They make great gifts. Um, you know, having said that, like Danny, I'm a little personally a little disappointed in these radios, the the GMRS radios. I, I when when you first came and said, "Hey, we're we're ordering these; they're GMRS only." I was expecting. Now, I was not expecting the GXT five thousand. I mean, that's a classic GMRS radio, and I I think that was probably one of the best GMRS radios they they put out. Um, I wasn't expecting that per se, but I was kind of expect, expecting something a little bit more um, aimed a little more at directly at the GMRS crowd. That was really what I think GMRS users expected of the radio. Not this is really more of a repurposed FRS radio, in my opinion, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that if you're a diehard GMRS user, or if that's what you, you know, what you uh, intend to use, you kind of expect a little bit more out of a radio. What kind of things that. were you expecting? Well, let's let's talk about the, or I guess hoping for more well, so than expecting. Hoping for to get right to the point. Um, if you're going to have a dedicated GMRS radio, um, GMRS allows for detachable antenna. This does not have a detachable antenna. And really, I think GMRS users are looking for that. A lot of them are, I am, are looking for an attachable antenna because, let's face it, the range on antennas that are attached, that are permanently attached to these radios, are not necessarily what you could get optimally from a radio um, than if you attached an external antenna of some sort, maybe uh, customize it or, or optimize the antenna uh, option. Give it something else that, that maybe has a little bit better reach uh, than what is included with the built-in antenna. How and, much more range are you really going to get, though, with a, well, with, a, with a removable antenna? Well, you couldn't get quite a lot, especially if it's removable. You could take that thing and connect it to, technically connect it to a, a mobile antenna and maybe, you know, in your vehicle and, and make right. it almost but, mobile. But, but if you're out and about, you're not going to be able to do that. No, not Only really. If you're in the car. Not really, but there are options. There are other options available commercially for antennas that would uh, offer better range. I think if you're going to be in a car, though, why not go with a MXT mobile radio? True. That's true. If you're going to be putting an external true. antenna on the outside of the car anyway, why not do you go with one of those other? Those well, once again, models? I'm talking about you know some of the handheld radios, like you know if there was a, like a Nagoya antenna or something that would fit on there, and then you could use that, and that would. You know, be I, I don't know that reach, the range would be that much. Maybe a you couple hundred so? feet. Maybe. I mean, I, mm. I, I think. Uh, I don't think you're going to see an increased, a, a crazy. You might see a little bit. I don't think you're going to see a. 
I don't uh, think these uh, built-in antennas are really optimized for range. Just my it all comes down to again where you're using them. I mean, I've got a guy, True. and I t- I don't tell this story to a lot of people because I don't want to get their hopes up. But I got a guy in West Virginia that does Civil War reenactments. He uses LXT 118s, twenty dollar really? pack of radios. Okay, and he swears to me up and down, and I don't know why somebody would lie, but he gets eight miles out of them. Eight miles. Eight miles. Really? Yes, absolutely. <sighs> wow. <laughs> but that comes down to your line of sight thing. I mean, it wow. comes yeah, down it's... to obstructions, you know, and that's what we have to tell people all the time. Because Johnny Civil War is getting eight miles out of his doesn't mean that Rick New York City is going to get eight miles out of him. True. You know, it's absolutely it's, it's true. different everywhere. Yeah. So I don't – and I think if you're in – you know, if he had a removable antenna to stick on one of these little LXT 118s, is he going to get any more than eight miles? Probably not. I don't know. I, I I do think the antenna makes makes some difference. But aside from the antenna, I was kind of hoping that maybe um, it would have more options for for the battery. Uh, maybe a lithium battery instead of a, a nickel metal hydride battery. And nickel, uh, you know, lithium batteries uh, would give you. Personally, I, I think you could probably pack a little more power, a little more longevity, battery life into those than you can with these. With I these think Midland learned hydrogen. their lesson with the lithium battery, though. Well, With yeah, the GXT G- 2000s, yeah. See, I yeah. think what you're talking about would require like a brand new from scratch radio and what. Well, that was kind of what, what I was expecting. Well, I mean, no, you look at the picture, it looks like just a modification of what they're they've had before right but i think that's what a lot of gmrs users are looking for they're looking for something that 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 says gmrs that is you know yeah, they pick it up and it's GMRS. like this is not an frs redo this is gmrs you yeah. know this is they get repeater capable that's yeah, that's repeated. what i that's what i'm disappointed about yeah yeah that was a, that was also on my list i don't care about the battery or make it repeater capable that that was on my list but um, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have people, people want a repeater capable radio or handheld right now. Mm-hmm. They love the MXT 400s for their dune buggies and, and, and things like that. They and want the 115s too. They're yeah, very they popular. They want repeater capable handheld. And I think oh, they, I agree. They, I think somebody needs to get on it. I figured Midland would probably be one of the first to bring it back. You'd think, and, and Midland has done GMRS-only radios before and, and quite well. Uh, I, w- I was kind of expecting that that's what they would do, is have something that was that just was, you know, you pick it up and you know that's a GMRS radio. You're looking for a business-quality GMRS radio for GMRS well, enthusiasts. It doesn't have to be, you know, completely indestructible or anything like that. It doesn't have to be IP67 waterproof or something, or it doesn't have to float or anything like that. But it, it, it's, yeah, maybe something a little heavier duty, something that, that uh, looks more professional grade than, than, than this. And the reason I say that, I, I'm, I know I'm not alone. The reason I say that is because when they made the rule changes and GMRS became its own thing, completely separate from FRS, really, except it's still not, but with the with the uh, uh, frequencies, but in a sense, um, they uh, 
GMRS users had a reason to go out and get a license, even though I'm pretty sure a lot of them still aren't doing that. They have, there's more of a compelling reason to go out and get a GMRS license because now the lines are, are a little bit darker between that and FRS. And if they're going to spend that much money on a GMRS uh, license, I think they expect a higher grade radio or higher grade equipment to go along with that license. If they're going to spend all that money on it, hey, you know what? I want something better than what the FRS users are using. And and I think that's that's a it's a mindset, but I th- I think it's a real it's a uh, real I, I completely term. agree with that. If anybody is a GMRS enthusiast, and mm-hmm. by that I mean probably somebody that's gonna spring for a license. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to buy a T295. It's not the radio they're looking for. They're pro- those guys are probably going to use a commercial radio and just mm-hmm. program it to whatever they need, even though it's not the type acceptance isn't right. That's probably what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, those uh, are my comments. I, I'm just, yeah. like I said, I expected a little bit more out of it. but And, and who knows? Maybe Midland will come up with something else down the road that uh, uh, that's just f- – yeah, screams I, I, GMRS, but I don't think this is it. No, I, I look at this and I see it's 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 basically a, a tweak of things that they already had. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, any other comments on on any of these high powered radios? Uh, the The question now is: Is this the beginning of a trend towards higher power handhelds, or is it just just one more thing in the marketplace? And and uh, I mean. You know who the trendsetter with this was? Uh, Lyshen. Didn't we have a, a handheld Lyshen a few years ago that was we did. 20 watts or something like that? It was the, the Lysh- Note. The it was note. called the Note. Yes. yes. Was it the Lyshen Note? Lyshen Note. Note or, or Notebook or something watt. like that. It was huge. Yeah, it was, it was called the Note, and it was a 25-watt handheld, and the thing looked like as big as a brick. Yeah, it was it huge. Was, it looked it was, like an old- uh, It was a monster military radio or something it was yeah. humongous and, and i didn't want to transmit it next to my face neither did i <laughs> so i think that's why we didn't carry it because it was like i mean we, we can't you can't walk around with 25 watts of uh of uh hair raising power on you know right, years, right that close we're gonna look but, back and everybody's gonna be using 25 watt handheld radios and we're gonna think and have we, a third eye we should have carried <laughs> that that lation we we did Actually, do a whole episode of it on the two-way yeah, show. I think we did. We, we really covered it. Uh, so at this point, it's just kind of it is what it is, right? I mean, we don't expect. I mean, do you think there might be more of these coming down the road, or we'll have to wait and see? I you, know, so. you, I guess it depends on how well this sells. I mean, they're. I think they are looking for something to differentiate them. Uh, I mean, any radio manufacturer is. There's mm-hmm. a lot of choice out there, so. What feature is going to separate them from their competitors? If if they can get some attention by adding a couple extra watts, why not? Or making it pink or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's new. Oh, well, they, we've it's, been through that a few years ago, actually. But I think it it just depends on what customers respond to. All right. If you buy it, they'll make more. <laughs> think about that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and forum at twowayradioforum.com. Uh, the first one comes from Catfish. Um, 
He says, uh, I am presently using the EVX261 and thinking about going to the SL300. Uh, which one performs the best? And that's from Catfish. Goodness, I love that SL300. <clears throat> EVX261 or the SL300? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot of differences. Well, a couple differences between the two. The EVX261 is 5 watts. Mm -hmm. SL300 is 3 watts on on digital. Um I've heard great I've tested the I've never really tested the EVX 261s range wise on Simplex but that SL300 did really well. I I, I got about a, a good somebody in our building I got about a good uh 3 quarters of a mile up the road line of sight and I could still hear you know really nicely but as soon as I went down the hill it went away completely but I mean I think with the SL300 you're you're paying for the 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 fancy screen that's on there and it does look nice the sleekness and and you know it's things a nice like looking that. radio it's a very, yeah. yeah it's a it's it's an awesome little radio um i think they're you know comparably you know uh, range wise they're probably pretty close to the same well some of it might be might depend on uh the application of it uh as well so if you're if you're on the fence about it give us a call and we can help you figure it out. I mean, it, it sort of comes down to like uh, a CLS versus a RDX, right? Right. What, what do you want? Do you If you want yeah. more range and more power, go with the EVX. If you want a smaller radio that's probably going to – it looks better. It's lighter to carry, but probably will give you less range. Go with the uh, SL300. I'll go with that. Uh, let's see. We have a comment from – Trish, and um, she's commenting on uh, on the FCC. She says, I've been surprised by how rude and unprofessional most FCC employees are. They try to talk over me all the time. I got so fed up with the last grumpy FCC gal I was talking to that I asked for a supervisor. Of course, I got a recording. I left a message and, of course, no callback. Now I can't even get through to anyone at the FCC. I get a recording that says, no one can help me at this time, and then disconnects the call. Typical government bull, and that's from Trish. Um, I, I I don't believe it. We've never said a bad word about the FCC on this podcast. Never. <laughs> Actually, we we've had some of the same trouble. Not not rudeness. I've never had an FCC, and I've called the FCC a few times. Nobody out there has ever been rude to me. They've just been maybe a little terse and say, "Okay, well, we'll get back to you," and then nobody ever gets back to you. Um, that's been my experience, but then that's the FCC. Now, keep in mind, they're, they have a limited resources there and, um, you know, limited people working for them. So it, it's probably not easy for them to, to get back and respond to everybody in a timely manner. But yeah, I mean, you, you called the FCC not too long ago. We were, we were going over the, the whole, um, uh, the whole debacle with the FCC advisory. Uh, no, I emailed. Oh, you emailed them? Uh, yeah, I emailed okay. someone a couple of times. I had a contact that uh, was supposed to be someone that was familiar with the, the issue and um, never heard anything back. Mm. That's been my experience when I've when I've called them. Yeah. So, um, never had anybody rude there before. Um, so, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, they they – Generally, don't get back to me. <laughs> of course, then again, I'm nobody, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> All right, and our last one comes from Josh, 
and he's um, he's asking about the Baofeng UV5R. He wants to know, how do I program it to get the police scanner? And that's from Josh. We get this we get this question all the time. There's somebody on uh, eBay that advertises these things as police scanners. They're not police scanners. Of course, since they buy them from eBay, they think they can't get any support. So then they call mm-hmm. us or chat with us or email us to get support on this radio that we didn't sell. But it's I've known very few. It depends on the department, really. Most departments are switching over to a. Uh, you know, trunking, you know, P25 system of some sort, digital system. Digital you're not, system. It's not going to happen. Um, I mean, unless you're dealing with like Mayberry, where they're still using traditional analog, you know, frequencies. But I, again, even if so, I don't recommend getting on there. Yeah. I mean, all it takes, it goes back to the, you know, it's keying up mm-hmm. by mistake and, and, you're you're in trouble. <laughs> you're interrupting a, a police call, or you're you might tempt you to cause trouble, or whatever. You know. Um, Besides that, they they scan very very slowly. They were they were uh, intended to just scan channels, a limited number of channels that you had already programmed to, into them, and, and it's kind of slow doing that, right. in my opinion. If but, you want to scan uh, police frequencies, get a spend the bucks, and I mean, I know. A $25 Baofeng looks sexy on paper that, oh, if it's advertised as a scanner, you know, it's it's too good to be true. It's not It's not going to happen. It's, you spend yeah. the money and get yourself a, um, a, a, scanner. A, a decent, you know, tabletop or handheld scanner. There you go. Well, I guess it does it for our comments and questions this time. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. We're all over the place, folks. And, of course, if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home smart speaker, you can... You can ask them to play it, and uh, and it should play uh, there as well. All right, that does it for our show this time. Uh, before we go, any other final comments? Nope. Okay. All right, well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.